You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Yesterday we had a quick look at the Pusukim, at the verses which underlie the concept of Bikurim, the concept of first fruits. We went through those verses. What we're going to do today is to go through the first two or maybe even three Mishnayot in the track day. And we're going to see how they depend on those verses. And we're also going to try to answer some of the questions which were raised yesterday. We began on the first Mishnah yesterday. We looked at this Mishnah yesterday. Yesh, Mavi'im Bikurim Vekurim. There are some who bring Bikurim and recite. Remember, we learned yesterday that there's a mitzvah not just to bring, but to recite. The declaration of the Bikurim is the the... It's the only tefillah which is actually mandated by Torah. That's why, perhaps, why it's the centerpiece of, of the Haggadah. It's an incredibly important part of the. Um, it's an incre- It's just an incredibly important part of of the set of Sefer Devarim, and it's connected to bringing Bikurim. So there are some who bring and recite, and then Mavi'in Vilokorim. There are some who bring and don't recite. Ve'yeshe'enam Mavi'in, and some people don't bring at all anyway. And kind of obviously, they, if they don't bring, obviously they're, they're not going to recite. And now the mission is going to start to break down these categories and try to explain why. These are people that just don't bring at all. They don't have to bring Bikurim, even though they have got fruit to bring. Someone who plants on his own property. So he has a vine, for example, or a tree. The hivrich. Hivrich is a means to bend down or to actually to make something bend down. And in this context, it means actually to bend down into the earth, i.e. to bury the shoot. This is a, it's a weird idea. We don't do that. I've never, ever seen anybody do this with agriculture today. But clearly... It was a concept in the time of the Mishnah, and it's actually mentioned in the Mishnah of uh, Shemitah. So we should have looked at it, but we, we kind of skipped over it a bit. But I, I brought you Maimonides, the Rambam, from that Mishnah of Shvi'it. And he actually explains what it is. Mavrichin, burying a shoot, he says, to sink a tree into the ground, al orko for its whole length, and replacing the earth above it so that many trees will sprout from it. You bury a branch in the earth and then lots of other things will sprout from it. And I know it does exist today, even though I've never seen it, because I actually found a picture of it on the internet. So people are doing this today and they're doing this as a, as a method of propagation. You take a branch... You sink it into the ground, it runs some way in the ground, then it sprouts up some way away. And what you've done is you've created a new cutting while using the uh, plant energy from the roots of the old plant. So it's a way of creating a new cutting from the old tree, but without, um, you could say more safely, more conservatively than actually cutting the branch off the old tree and putting it into water and rerooting it and so on. Because the new the new shoot doesn't need initially to have new roots. It can use the old roots from the tree. That's It's called layering today. 
and the Hebrew is Hivrich, and the Rambam explains it. And now we're going to try to understand what is going on here. So people who do not bring Bikurim are people who've planted a vine in their own space, but they're burying a shoot into property belonging to another individual or to the public. So the shoot's coming up somewhere else. And similarly, if we take a shoot from someone else's private property and we make it shoot up in our own property, so we're going the opposite way around. We're going from his property or her property or public property into our, our own garden. We're creating a shoot in our own garden. Or, and this is a really interesting case, you plant on your own property and you bury it on your own property, but there's a private or a public road in between. And this does actually remind us of the picture we've got. So maybe our two shoots are somewhere apart and there's some public property, some public land between them. Maybe there's a little lane. Maybe we own two gardens and there's a little lane in between. And the shoot's going under the lane. And the Mishnah says, the Mishnah says, Haray ze eno mevi. This person does not bring. And Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees, but we know, we already know, right, from the Mishnah, we've already learned that the Halakha is not going to go according to Rabbi Yehuda. So we've got this really striking case of someone who doesn't bring, but at this point, we do not understand why not. It's a, we have the example, we understand the example, we can see the picture, but we don't understand why not. And we're going to jump into the second Mishnah. Second Mishnah must have originally been connected to the first one, because the second Mishnah explains. Why doesn't he bring? And the Mishnah is going to quote a Pasuk, one of the Pasukim that we learned yesterday. Because of the, of the verse. Reshit Bikrei Admatcha, the first fruits of your land. Ad hagidulin not unless all of their growth is from your land. You have to bring Bikurim from your land. If it's coming from someone else's land, maybe because part of the tree is growing somewhere else, you don't bring Bikurim. It has to be from your land. And along the same lines, sharecroppers, the Arisina, an Aris is someone who basically uh, rents land, but he pays a proportion of the crop in rent. So he's a kind of a partial owner. He's got a partial stake in the land. A chachorot are people who just rent for a fixed price. A sikari con. This is a weird concept, the sikari con. We do not have time to go into it sort of very, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it now, but Sicaricon is someone who in the Roman times managed to get hold of land by basically threatening to kill the owners. He essentially, it's a, it's a bit like Germany in the 1930s, he buys the land, but he buys it by saying to the owner, look, if you don't sell, I'm going to kill you. So, and the halakha rules, by the way, he doesn't really own the land. We, we can learn the halakhas brought in Gittin, we'll, go, we'll learn it at some point. And a robber, Gazlan, someone who steals. They don't bring. Ain't in. 
Mi otohatam from the same reason. The first fruits of your land. They have to be it's it's gotta be your first fruits and your land that you bring the, the, that you bring to Jerusalem. There's something about possession here. We go to Jerusalem, we say, Aramio Vedavi. My father was a wandering Aramean. You know, my father was an immigrant. And yet, we say this in the knowledge that today the land is ours. So we were contrasting our ownership of the land now with the fact that, well, you, I suppose we could say, look, we nearly don't own it because we were immigrants once. And the Mishnah is then going to go on to say, look, we're Ein Mavi'in. Have we got... Yeah, we can just jump into one more Mishnah. We only bring from the seven species. And remember the Pasuk said, from, Let's go back to the Pasuk. The, the first, first fruits of your land. And we've learned this, by the way, in the Halakha Truma. Remember, we learned that you only bring the good stuff for Truma. It's the same with Bikurim. You only bring the good stuff. So we don't law meet Marim Shebeharim. We don't bring from dates grown on hills because the best dates are in the valleys, nor from fruits grown in the valley because fruit really grows well in the hills. Not from olives that are not choice. So we bring only the good stuff. And then Ain Mavin Bikurei Kodem Laatzeret. We only bring, we don't bring Bikurim before Shavuot. And we again, we learned the pasuk. We learned the pasuk last uh, uh, yesterday that Bikurim are associated with with Shavuot because they're mentioned in the um, they're mentioned in the um, the the pusukim about about Shavuot and in fact there was a question yesterday about whether you, you know whether you could bring grain sort of after Pesach or after Shavuot the the new grain we can eat after after Pesach or after the Omer sacrifices is brought in other words the you know two days after Pesach but there is a Pasuk in Vayikra in the Pasha of Emor which mentions two loaves that we bring on Shavuot these are uh, chametz. This is the only chametz which is brought on the altar. This is all in the context of Shavuot. You shall bring two loaves of bread as a as a wave offering. Lechem to Moshtaim Shnei Esron. The quantity is two Esronim. Solid Tiena, fine meal. Chametz Tiafana. You make them of chametz. You make them out of leaven. Bikurim Lashem. They are first fruits for God. There's something about Shavuot and bringing the loaves of bread which are associated with Shavuot. Bikurim are Shavuot. And then the Mishnah brings this story. And Shehat Tzvoim, the people from Mount Tzvoim, actually brought Bikurim before Shavuot. Veloki Bumehem, the priests didn't accept them. Because it says in the Torah, we learned this verse yesterday, the festival of the harvest, the first fruits of your labors, which you've sown in the field. And again, you can see why from the language of being sown in the field, you can see why we only bring 
from the seven species which are sown in the field in which the land of Israel is praised for. So those are the first three Mishnayot of Bikurim. And then um, tomorrow we will explore the rest of the Masechet and we'll just explore these concepts in, in more depth. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>